1: wash my hands of this weirdness.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Monday, June 15th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity. I am joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Uh, Ryan is a little MIA at the moment, uh, but hopefully we can track him down. But, Tony, in the meantime, how was your weekend?
2: Man, it was good. It's great to be... I don't know if it's great to be back, but I'm back, obviously, in my home studio in Colorado. Um, Had a fantastic weekend with friends. Being in the studio last week so being home in nevada representing today it's all good man so uh very excited also yeah well since ryan's not here i'm gonna hog this quick moment to give out a shout out to uh our friends mike and Lacey Yendra as they had their baby anders michael no kidding. At 33 this morning yeah seven pounds 13 ounces 19 inches so on his first day of life he gets a shout out on the radio
0: nice congratulations um i had no idea that they were that close to being due but uh yeah it is nice that uh you know now bella's got a little baby uh brother and uh you know wish him nothing but the best
2: awesome yeah baby anders but uh yeah how was your weekend man
0: it was good it was good so yesterday was relaxing and then uh obviously you were here on saturday got together with a bunch of friends and uh yeah had a overall good weekend
2: absolutely man i i I wish I was there more often. That was a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Well, let's do this. Let me uh, go ahead and ask the question that I do each and every morning and uh, see if these folks in the news can one-up that. Now, uh, Tony, you were a homeowner for a period of time. Did you ever catch somebody walking their dog? The dog poops on the lawn and uh, they end up walking off?
2: No, I never actually saw that happen now. There was obviously surprises in both yards I owned. Um, The only thing I ever caught anybody do is there was a little kid around the corner when I lived in Westminster. Every day on their way to school, they'd leave a a regular Dr. Pepper can in my mailbox. And when I finally caught them, I yelled out the window. I said, what are you doing? And they ran. Never had a Dr. Pepper can again.
0: (laughs) Was it empty or was it full?
2: Uh, It was empty. It's like Uh, they drank it, and that like my mailbox was apparently the spot to drop it off. Maybe that was my karma for peeing on some dude's tire all the time as a teenager.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'd be different if it was full. You know, that'd be almost like a little present for you.
2: Yeah, exactly. But it was always empty, and it was uh, some kid around the block. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) just like you. I mean, we've had some uh, mystery poopers that uh, you know they leave a little present on the lawn, but uh, never kept catch them in the act and i think if i did i'd I'd try to be as polite about it as possible but uh, in this case that uh that wasn't the case so a probable cause statement released on thursday said an argument over a man asking his dog to poop led to a deadly shooting in the ballpark neighborhood on wednesday and when i say ballpark neighborhood this is an area that you're very familiar with tony i'm talking about denver colorado
2: Ooh, hometown, baby.
0: Yep. According to the document, a man and his girlfriend were walking their dog. The male victim told police that he prompted his dog to poop, and a man in an apartment yelled at him, saying, are you going to train your dog or just yell at it? The victim also told police that he tried to ignore the suspect, but the suspect proceeded to fire shots, hitting him and his girlfriend, according to the probable cause uh, uh, statement. The man's girlfriend was killed in the shooting. The man was taken to the hospital and is expected to survive. The female victim was identified by her mother as uh, sorry, Isabella Tallis. She had just turned 21 over Monday, or on Monday. Boy, it's going to be one of those days, struggling to read. The male victim was <laughs> identified Thursday afternoon as Darian Simon, 26. Police said the shooting happened just before noon at the 2900 block of North Huron Street. Police said they located the suspect about 1.25 p.m. off of Highway 285 near Pine Junction. About 7.20 p.m., the suspect was identified as Michael Close, 36. He is being held for investigation of first-degree murder and aggravated assault. So it uh, goes to show that uh, you know if you're letting your dog poop on someone's lawn, uh, just pick it up. You don't want the worst to- case to happen in- just like this.
2: No, that would be a crappy situation.
0: It would be and I don't have that soundboard pulled up, so
2: that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I had I had to pull I had to pull at least a pun since Ryan wasn't here. But uh here on street where that area is is not the nicest of areas. It just It just isn't. Well, but, uh, it's just—it's sad to hear. Like you, yeah. those kinds of stories always suck.
0: Well, it's the downtown area of Denver, and it didn't even sound like it was on the lawn of somebody's house. It was an apartment complex, so I don't know what set the shooter off, but uh, for some reason he just wasn't having it.
2: No, he—he wasn't putting up with any of that. No, no, no. I—I <laughs> <laughs> I would say the S word, but I don't want to get fined again. Exactly. One time, one time's enough. It was a delicious fine, but it was. Enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can say crap. You can't say the S word. But uh, yep. You know it's it's a crazy world out there, and this sort of just illustrates how crazy it is. Well, folks, let's talk about today's show. It is a Monday. Briefly, I hate Mondays. Hate them. Therefore, I decree from this day forward, there will be no more Mondays. No more. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We've got put it in your mouth Monday. We've got Kid Wisdom. We have a very special guest in the nine o'clock hour, Basil Comedian. He's a stand up comedian and voice of Bullwinkle J. Moose. We're talking high school reunions, this day in history, and coming up next is Tony Sanfilippo with the Entertainment News. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few.
1: Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio
0: show. It is a Monday, June fifteenth Now we have set up a twenty four hour a day seven day a week voicemail line for you guys, the listeners to call in and voice your opinion on anything whatsoever. could be something we 've talked about, could be a segment uh, could be one of our former call in topics we don 't care. Give us a call. Keep it entertaining. Now, that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. And we will compile those all together, put them out in a future show just like we did in uh, last Friday's show. And so uh, hopefully to, you know, We're able to get enough in the next two weeks that uh, we can put another one out and uh, hear your guys' opinions uh, when we don't have our live call-in topics. Well, it is the second segment of the show, and as we do each and every day, it is Tony with this Entertainment News.
2: All right, everybody. It is Monday, June 15th. It's a new week. New stories over the weekend. Let's tease the news uh, we are going to talk about today. Uh, A travel credit that might help you travel more. Okay. Uh, Movie update schedules. A rat might be going out of business. And a weekly watch report. This is the news. All right. So the first story here today is Explore America tax credit plan would provide $4,000 tax break for travel to theme parks and more. The tourism industry in the United States is hoping to gain a boost following a disastrous first and second quarter due to the global pandemic, which severely, severely limited the ability and desire for many to travel. Now, the industry is hoping for the Explore America tax credit to be approved. Now, what this would do is it would potentially serve as an incentive for Americans and other tourism businesses it is ultimately a $4,000 tax break, which tourism industry folks are hoping gets approved as many around the country remain weary to the notion of getting on planes or large crowds. Um, so the good thing here is this would really just drive, uh, as it just continues to describe this $4,000 tax credit. They're hoping is going to encourage you guys to go to Disney world, Disneyland, uh, universal studios, maybe travel the uh, state parks as they've opened uh you know, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone. So, you know, if you're a big traveler like myself, you have a family and stuff, I mean, you, you're you actually hoping that this goes through as it might save you some money and encourage you guys to go out and travel. Um, I could tell you based on my travels back home yesterday, a lot of people are not afraid to get on a plane compared to when I went to Nevada. It yeah. was pretty packed yesterday.
0: Well, and it sounds like that, uh, you know, you're able to write off maybe airline tickets and uh, rental cars, hotel, maybe your theme park tickets up to $4,000 per person um, and get that tax as a refund. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's it's in the, the planning stages and it's being submitted to the Senate and everything. So right now it's not an official thing, but the fact that there is a, a large group out there trying to get this together um, could be a good positive boost for the economy as we get back on our feet. Nice. Now, moving on from traveling to a rat going extinct. And I'm talking about Chuck E. Cheese. He's on the brink <laughs> of bankruptcy. What was this pizza place that uh, they Oh, were what up was as? it
0: called? Um,
2: <laughs> it was, I forgot what it was called, but that was pa- one of the Pasqu- early episodes. Yeah, it was oh, pa- yeah.
0: Pasquale's Pizza and Wings.
2: Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Yes, yeah, so they're passing their pizza. But uh, Chuck E. Cheese is on the brink of Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It's talking to lenders to raise money among the coronavirus pandemic. Um, It's nearly $1 billion in debt. It's trying to secure $200 million in loans. Um, There are currently over 615 locations worldwide. It's unknown how many stores are at the risk of permanently closing. Chuck E. Cheese spokesperson did not have a request for a comment, but uh, I can see this going the way, man. I don't see it surviving. I'm surprised it survived this long with terrible food. Yeah. Um, the one in Reno still thriving. I saw that one was open. Oh, really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the one in Fort Collins is closed. They shut that down. But, uh, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese may be a thing of the past. So,
0: Well, and Chuck E. Cheese, I mean, they really haven't changed over the years. I mean, it's terrible food. You bring your kids in there. They try to win tickets for prizes. The games are outdated. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's just not fun anymore. If you go to, um, and I know there's a number of them in Southern California, across the West Coast, a place called Jonathan's Amazing Pizza, or Jonathan's Incredible Pizza, and uh, they've basically ramped up the whole Chuck E. Cheese model, and uh, they do it right. They've got indoor rides, they've got uh, the m- latest, you know, updated games, and uh, you know, it, I see them sort of overtaking Chuck E. Cheese if Chuck E. Cheese even survives.
2: Oh yeah, I could definitely see that. I've never heard of Jonathan's. I was going to say, I was going to compare like Dave and Buster's is kind of a nice, like a big time version, obviously without the animatronics of a right. crazy <laughs> rat and some other weird things. But same concept, win tickets, build up, and they actually give you pretty good prizes if you get enough. So yeah,
0: well, yeah Dave D-
2: D- Cheese has just stayed in the past.
0: Yeah, Dave and Buster's is a little more like a Chuck E. Cheese for adults, uh, whereas Jonathan's Incredible Pizza is solely for kids i mean obviously adults will have fun there but uh you know they do things
2: right awesome well good luck to jonathan sorry chucky you're out now we're gonna ramp up to movie news because there's a lot of it today all right just kind of break it down in a snack bite so obviously we know the movie theaters are getting ready to ramp up they're gonna start opening um as early as this week uh is going to be nearly 40% uh, more movie theaters will open this week, 15 of them in California. They'll be showing everything from uh, Trolls World Tour, The Hunt, Bad Boys for Life, uh, classics like Back to the Future, and so forth, just to get you in at very cheaper rates. Uh, Some theaters $5, some $3, just depends on the theater. But they're going to try to entice people to come back um, to ramp up for a late-July opening. Which is why we have a bunch of pushbacks here. So it looks like uh, Disney, and I forgive me as my little notes are, they wouldn't load on the screen, so I have to scroll. But uh, we know that Tenet got pushed back one week. Wonder Woman got pushed back to October. Um, And uh, it looks like um, other big, Mulan is still on track for July 24th. So... um, now that I got it up here, so, yeah, it looks like uh, it's got to be a Monday, right? But yeah, so Tenet was really gunning to be July 17th, but they have moved it back two weeks to July 31st, which is not a bad thing. Let people get acclimated to get back into this. And it looks uh, as if uh, Mulan will be the first big movie to try to go back at it. Um, let's see. Wonder Woman got pushed back to October 2nd. Uh, Robert Zemeckis' remake of The Witches is being pulled from its October 9th release and pushed back. Uh, there's a live action hybrid Time and Jerry movie I didn't know really? about. Really? Huh. Yeah, apparently that's pushed back to December 23rd. Godzilla vs. Kong is moving from November 20th to May 21st. Matrix 4 got pushed back to April 1st, 2022. Wow. And it looks like, yeah, that's a huge one. So a lot of shuffling on the calendar there. But you know what one movie is going to take advantage of this whole push? Bill and Ted. It's moved up its release date. Really? Excellent! (laughs) So Bill and Ted was going to open a week after Wonder Woman. But since Wonder Woman pushed back, it decided there's not a lot it has to compete with. So Bill and Ted's actually going to move up from August 21st to August 14th. So that bodes well uh, for... Uh, the Bill and Ted uh, threequel. So uh, the third in it, uh, I think that's going to do good box office if there's not a lot to uh, oppose it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of competition. And it sounds like the movie theaters, you know, they almost put things on hold where, you know, now they're opening back up with movies that would have been in theaters, you know, right when they shut down. I think it's a good idea, you know, and July, end of July for the first big movie releases, I think that's a, a safe enough time frame Granted, nothing else happens in the meantime.
2: Right. There's no news on uh, New Mutants here, but New Mutants would be one of those movies that would probably be best to still release in August at some point. I agree. Because it's a lot of these movies are just, I think they're going to do great because they don't have anything competing against it, which is unique, and I think that's a good way to make some money off these things. So Definitely. Um, also, in good movie news that doesn't have to do with theaters, yeah. Um, Looks like uh, Jurassic uh, Jurassic World Dominion is going to pick up production in the first week of July. So uh, they're going to resume filming in the United Kingdom, and that will be one of the first big blockbusters to get back in action. So real good movie news week. So a lot of good stuff happening.
0: Right on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, For those Ghostbuster fans out there, after you watch our show today, and I mean after, not during, uh, Reunited Apart Episode 5 is going to be a Ghostbusters reunion. So on YouTube, Josh Gad's channel, it's always for charity. He gets uh, casts together of uh, classic movies that if you're from the 80s, or even if you're not, you just like those 80 movies, they are back. So uh, Ghostbusters today, from what I can see, it looks like Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, uh, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Jason and Ivan Reitman, and Annie Potts will all be a part of it, hoping for a Rick Moranis appearance, but that'll be available as soon as our show's over. Very cool. Check it out on YouTube. And we've got, let's see, I can make it top 10 weekly watch report. And we'll make this short, sweet. We'll roll into birthdays. Uh, the number one movie streamed and downloaded this week was Sonic the Hedgehog. That's actually been for the last five weeks in a row. So Good for Sonic's them. Sonic's tearing it up. Yeah. Uh, the Invisible Man was number two. Birds of Prey was number three. Bad Boys for Life was four. Jumanji, the next level, was five. Vin Diesel's Bloodshot was six. Bloomhouse's Fantasy Island was seven. Call of the Wild, eight. Onward, number nine. Rick and Morty, season four, number 10. Wow. And that was your streaming report for this week. Now, what? Oh.
0: It's all you I'm tell. I was going
2: to say. Oh, now it's the birthday. <laughs> there you go.
0: It's my, it's my birthday. All
2: right, ladies and gentlemen, the birthday boys and girls of today is Mr. Ice Cube, Mr. NWA. He is 50 years old today. Looks good. Still looks the same. Courtney Cox, Chris's favorite Muppet, 55. <laughs> <laughs> WWE superstar and current women's champion, Bailey is 30. Uh, Leah Ramini is uh, Miss Stacy Carosi, and she's also from uh, the King of Queens, 49. Uh, Helen Hunt is 56. Jim Belushi is 65. Jake Busey, the favorite Grim Reaper from the Frighteners that we just watched, is yep. 48. Baseball player Wade Boggs, 62. Well, former baseball player. Uh, Current Astros coach Dusty Baker, 70. And former Giants pitcher Tim Lincecum is 34. That's all we had for birthdays. That's it for June 10th. Let's roll on.
0: Right on. Well, when we come back, we have another installment, a Monday installment of Put It In Your Mouth Monday, where we ask, uh, in this case, Tony about uh, overseas fast food creations and ask him if he put it in his mouth. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few.
1: unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday,
0: June 15th. We are all over social media. In fact, many of you are watching us on social media as we speak. That's Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We're also available in rebroadcast every night on the AUN TV network, which is 13 to 15 stations across uh, Northern California, Northern Nevada, and then uh, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, you can do so at uh, facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O.94 or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo. And Ryan, who's still a little MIA, is available at facebook.com forward slash Ryan dot Wink, or on Instagram at NamesWink. Now, it is Monday, and as we do on Mondays, we do a little thing called Put It In Your Mouth.
1: Get in my belly! So
0: in this case it is uh, not quite the innuendo that you think it is. I go through a list of uh, creations from fast food joints across the world that are a little bit different from what's offered here, and I ask my co-hosts, in this case Tony Sanfilippo, if they would put it in their mouth. So in this case, let's go ahead and start off with a creation from China, uh, namely Dunkin' Donuts in China, or I guess they've rebranded to just Dunkin'. It is the. It is the dry pork and seaweed donut. Duncan has had some trouble getting off the ground in China, but not for lack of effort. They brought in their plate, uh, sorry, they brought in their palate and maximized online buzz with the pink floss or sorry, pork floss and seaweed donut. Not too far removed from all the bacon-infused desserts here Americans enjoy, as well as other less novel flavors like white chocolate, almond choco-crunch, and death by chocolate. But in this case, we are talking about the dry pork and seaweed donut. Tony, is that something you put in your mouth?
2: No. How about no? And I'll tell you why it's (laughs) no. Why is that? that? The thought thought of seaweed, which I've had the seaweed before, and it's just, to me, it's just... Ugh. But you put that on a donut on top of pork, like I get like even a bacon on a donut is kind of still a little odd, and I love right. bacon. It just it doesn't seem like a good blend for a donut. So yeah, no.
0: Yeah, it seems like something that uh, you know they were just grasping at straws for the Chinese market. They figured, okay, well, you know, all we do really is donuts. So what can we put on it that uh, you know the the people in China would enjoy? Well, they like seaweed. Let's try that. Um, you know, and obviously some dried pork i don't know how well it does out there but for me that is a no now uh, obviously yeah. ryan's not here to give us his opinion but uh what would you think tone
2: i would i would think that ryan would be the as the daring one he is i think ryan would put it in his mouth yeah. i don't know if he would enjoy it but he would definitely <laughs> try it that i know for sure
0: that's fair enough That's fair enough. All right, let's move to Italy, and in this case, McDonald's, where they are offering spinach parmesan croquettes. In addition to wine, Italian McDonald's locations sell these vegetarian-friendly fried nuggets filled with spinach and herb-seasoned melted cheese. It's also one of many nations where McDonald's sells the McVeggie, which has a patty made of broccoli, carrots, corn, spinach, peas, and cheese. But here we're talking about the spinach parmesan croquettes. Tony... Would you put it in your mouth?
2: I would. Really? I, I, do, I, I like spinach. All right. I, I know you do. Spinach and cheese? I'm actually curious why the, why America hasn't tried something like that. That sounds actually very unique. And I think uh, with some people that want to eat healthy, granted, if it's from McDonald's, it's not going to be too healthy, even if you put veggies in it. Well, but, it's deep
0: fried and, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, I think it would do rather well, at least a uh, limited run to test. But, yeah, I would definitely try that.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, for me, mm, I mean, <laughs> it, it, if it was something that we handmade at home, probably, being that it's coming from McDonald's, it's probably over-processed. Uh, the cheese is probably American cheese, which tastes oh, like plastic yeah. anyway. So, for me, it's probably a no. And then, Tony, just your thoughts on how Ryan might chime in.
2: He says he loves cheese, so I'm thinking Ryan would be all about these.
0: Get in my belly! Well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, We are going back to Duncan, but in this case Singapore, where they have the wasabi cheese donut. If dried pork isn't the only counterintuitive-sounding flavor Duncan offers in the Asian market, they also offer donuts flavored with spicy wasabi and cheese in Singapore locations and taro a sweet purple root vegetable in the Philippines. In Indonesia, you can get donuts with lychee and dorian, or in the case of their black cheese donut, a combo of chocolate frosting and shredded Parmesan. Interesting. But in this case, uh, we're talking wasabi cheese donut. Tony, is that something you put in your mouth?
2: Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it, so- it sounds terrible. Like... I I want my donuts sweet. I don't want them spicy. I don't want, especially wasabi. If you get too much of that in, that's way too much. Heck, no.
0: No, no. I like you. I I want them sweet. I don't want them savory. Or you know, wasabi is also sort of a unique spice in that uh, you know it it pairs well with you know the Asian foods themselves. But with donuts, I'm not so sure. Now, uh, how do you feel? uh, Ryan might respond to that?
2: He may not like it, but he sure as hell is going to try it. So I'm going to keep his perfect streak attack and say Ryan would Yummy.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's not much he wouldn't try, whereas yeah. uh, you and I are a little more on the picky
2: side. <laughs> absolutely that's all right all right whereas we we've covered i'm the dude that would take a lid and scrape that damn onions off so right
0: (laughs) hey i'm the same way with the mcdonald's ones all right uh let's go back to mcdonald's speaking of which and india we're talking about the Mercury pan few of international mcdonald's items are so singular yet tempting to american taste as the Chicken McCurry Pan, which consists of a rectangular bread bowl filled with chicken and vegetables in a tomato curry sauce. Unfortunately, it is only available in India, along with the Double Decker Chicken Maharaja Mac, their Hindu-friendly version of the Big Mac. But we're talking about the McCurry Pan, which again is a rectangular bread bowl filled with chicken and vegetables in a tomato curry sauce. Tony, would you put it in your mouth?
2: Majaraja burger. Oh, the, <laughs> but we're talking about the McCurley bowl. I know it's not McCurley, but <laughs> big of our friend Jenny there. Yep. Uh, no, I wouldn't because the tomato, the tomato curry sauce is where you lost me. If it was the chicken and vegetables, sure. But with that sauce, nope.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm not a big, curry fan. Um, you know, I love Thai food, which obviously curry's a, a heavy uh, addition to that, but I like the non-curry versions. And then, uh, you know, with Indian food, uh, it, curry for me is a lot like bell pepper, where uh, even if there's a little bit, it is the overwhelming taste that, uh, you know, you just can't taste anything else but that flavor. Now, uh, as it comes to Ryan, I, I'm sure I understand I, I know what the answer is going to be, but, uh, Tony, what do you think, Ryan, uh, where his stance would be on this?
2: Uh, he has said on previous installments, i put it in your mouth, that he does like curry, and it, so absolutely he would love it. Get in my belly! All
0: right, all right. Boy, uh, let's see. We are going to stick with McDonald's, this time in Japan, where they have the bacon potato pie. Instead of the apple pie pockets, McDonald's stores in Japan sell a similar dessert filled with gooey baked taro, bacon and potato, or s'mores fillings. Unsurprising for a nation that's largely unparalleled in bizarre culinary concoctions, Japanese McDonald's locations carry numerous singular main dishes too, like the Idaho burger with an onion flaked bun, bacon, mustard seed sauce, and a potato patty, the Sakura Teritama burger with pork patty, over easy egg and a cherry blossom infused bun and a whole line of fried egg topped Tamago burgers. But in this case, we are talking the bacon potato pie, which replaces the apple pie that we know and love here. Tony, would you put it in your mouth?
2: Yeah, I'd give it a bite. I don't know how well it would be, but yeah, I'd, I'd sample that. Okay.
0: Yummy. Um, bacon potato, again, I don't know about As a dessert, I mean, it sounds a little more savory. Might be Mm -hmm. something worth trying as, like, maybe even a breakfast sandwich. But uh, for me, it would be a big no, just in the dessert category. Yeah. So
2: I'll agree with yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely don't see that as a dessert. I definitely see that kind of kind of seems like a hot pocket concoction, you know? Like, like bacon is never a dessert. No, sorry, because this goes back to the first one. I've had uh, I love maple bars, and I've had a bacon on the maple bar. It just doesn't work. It doesn't just work well, I don't think.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, folks, that does it for this Monday installment of Put It In Your Mouth. When we come back, we are going to be talking kid wisdom. Some of the uh, things that kids come up with is uh, well beyond our comprehension. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few.
1: To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 15th.
0: Now, if you missed a portion of today's show or you want to go back and check out any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the Shows and Podcasts link Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and you can get just about everything you need there. Also, you can head over to your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, you name it, we are there. While you are there, be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest and greatest. Leave a review and tell your friends, as always, sharing is caring. Now, in this segment, wanted to talk about uh, some kid wisdom. You know, uh, I've got two boys who are 7 and 10. Uh, over the weekend, we spent some time with uh, one of our friends, uh, two kids who are 3 and 6, 3 and 7. And, uh, it's you know, the gems that come out of their mouth is, are, are always great. Um, you know, Tony, I know you've got a uh, couple nephews that, uh, you know, they, they, they have minds of their own and they're not afraid to speak them.
2: Oh, absolutely. I can remember. I have to quote them when they were younger, though, because as teenagers, they don't really quote that much. They don't give you those classic quotes. But, like, my youngest, uh, Cullen, like, a long time ago, he was running around our house. And I go, what are you doing, bud? And he goes, I play Kawadi Chip Chop. And he just – I go, what's Kawadi Chip Chop? He goes, I show you Kawadi Chip Chop. A white – oh, and then one time he had a fart, and he said (laughs) – I, I wait, I wait a biscuit, a white, and uh, it's just funny, and then uh, we had just at breakfast yesterday with Elle, um, she just looks at her mom, we're at the dinner table, or the breakfast table, and she's just like, mom, I got a poo, I poo, <laughs> it was just, kids have no shame, they don't care, exactly. it's, it's just classic, great stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, my boys, uh, you know, I'm engaged, and uh, my youngest, Reese, came up to my fiance Jesse, and said, uh, you know, can I help you plan the wedding? And thought that was super sweet. And so he asked, what's, what's your party theme? Jesse replies, well, I, we don't really have one. And so he thought he put in his two cents. He says, well, you know, your party theme could be Batman. It could be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So a little unclear on the concept, but he's willing to help, which is nice.
2: That is awesome. Could you imagine if you and Jesse had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle wedding?
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Hire, that would
2: be pretty awesome. I don't know how much she would like that. Right. But it'd be pretty cool.
0: Hire I'll Master say. Splinter to uh, officiate the wedding.
2: <laughs>
0: I'll have the turtles <laughs> awesome. as some of my groomsmen.
2: I was going to uh, say, we'll all wear bandanas like in there. There you go. You'll have to be Leo. We'll pick our other turtles.
1: <laughs> that would be hilarious. It's
2: your thing. You're the leader. <laughs>
0: So, in this case, I uh, wanted to run through uh, some thoughts the kids have had that, uh, you know, they're a little out there, but, uh, you know, they're from the minds of babes and uh, always in- endearing. So, in this first case, uh, somebody wrote on Twitter, I'm writing a condolence card. Gregory 5 asks what I'm doing. The mom says, I'm writing a note to say how sorry I am that my friend's mom died. He pauses for a very fraught moment and then asks, oh, so tentatively, Comma, or (laughs) in quotes, (laughs) that's just to be kind, right? You're not the one who did it. Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the mom
0: uh, (laughs) wanted to make sure the mom wasn't a uh, murderer, and uh, good on you, kid. Good on you. Here's some good parenting. My friend wins at parenting. I've never heard of anyone doing this, and it's hilarious. She said, quote, sometimes I put movies on that are in Spanish, and when my kids get really confused and ask why they can't understand it, I tell them they are just tired and should probably take a nap. Then when they wake up from the nap, I put on the same movie in English, and they think they are all better. That is definitely a parenting win.
2: That is a huge win. Kudos to the parent who thought of that. That's excellent.
0: (laughs) Something I'll have to keep in mind. Uh, My oldest doesn't take naps anymore, but my uh, youngest will fall asleep, uh, even though he says he doesn't want to take one.
2: Yeah. Don't you love how that is? I'm not tired.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. I just openly admit all the time as an adult, I'm just always tired. I just (laughs) don't sleep.
0: Well, and, you know, most adults say, hey, if I knew now what I knew back then, I would have taken naps all the time when I got a chance as a kid. But, you know, that's never the case with the kids. All right, here's one. A little girl and her mom were looking at me at the coffee shop this morning, and I heard her mom say, go on, it's okay. And the little girl shuffled up to me and said, excuse me, please, do you have to put on your tattoos by yourself every day, or does your mom help you? The poster was dying, you know, and, you know, little kids, what they know of tattoos are the little stick on, you know, uh, you put them on, you put a, like a wet rag on, they come off and they get washed off every couple days. So it's an innocent enough question. And luckily, uh, you know, this tattooed person had a a good sense of humor about it.
2: Yeah. You definitely uh, kids when they, if a kid comes up and says that there's no way you could be mad. It's just always typically pretty cute or really funny.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, kids, uh, infinite wisdom from, uh, you know, a a generation that haven't been spoiled by the world as of yet. Speaking of which, you know, when you uh, ask kids what they want to be for Halloween, most of them want to be, you know, cartoon characters or video game characters, you know, what they're familiar with. Well, in this case, uh, the person posted a picture which I will put up on our Facebook page, but uh, it's titled, uh, or it's the comment is, "I just want to, I just want everyone to know that my two-year-old insisted on being pants for Halloween," and okay. it's a picture of the kid in a pair of obviously oversized pants. They're pulled up to his neck, and then uh, arms have been cut out where the pockets are, and the kid went his pants for Halloween. Nothing wrong with that.
2: No. This uh, I've personally never seen it, but again, kids—they don't care. They, they <laughs> like what they like, and they dress. It's kind of like in Big Daddy, you know, like when he just the kid just dressed himself, and it's what he picked out today.
0: <laughs> Scoop of Steve. <laughs> All right, this next one uh, could have been from a horror movie, but I think it was more of a misunderstanding. The Twitter poster says uh, we went into the basement for a tornado. My three-year-old thought we were hiding from a tomato. Honestly, that scared her even more. Um, definitely, we don't live in the world of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But um, you know, a, a misunderstanding about uh, being attacked by a tomato—I could see where that would be kind of frightening.
2: Right. Definitely, <laughs> the imagination runs wild on little guys and girls. <laughs>
0: Here's one where uh, spatial awareness is uh, definitely key for kids. So Today, my son drew in red marker all over his face, then got scared that we'd be mad, so he tried to hide it by wrapping toilet paper around his head like a mummy. Then he promptly ran into a wall and nearly locked himself unconscious. A comedy of (laughs) errors every day with this kid. Um, Yeah, you know, you cover it up in toilet paper? They'll never know the difference, right?
2: They'll never see all the Sharpie I did on my face. How'd that happen? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you just go, I don't know. As most kids do, right? You ask me like, why'd you do that? <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I don't know. It's just like quickly. Mm-hmm. But that is pretty dang hilarious. That poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hide so I don't get in trouble with them and knock myself out and run into a wall. Wow.
0: I just wish there was a picture to accompany it. There's oh, not.
2: yes. That'd be classic.
0: Classic. <laughs> Alright, here's one. uh, A Redditor post asked, Parents on Reddit, what is your I-raised-an-idiot moment? Somebody replied, I used to tell my kids not to take off their shoes and socks in the car, especially on short trips. Just leave them on so we don't have to spend five minutes finding and putting them back on before we run into the store. Imagine a single dad with two young kids running around the car trying to reshoe my children at the grocery store parking lot in the middle of an Arizona summer. Well, one day we went to the store and my daughter was missing her shoe. It was nowhere to be found. She said, Daddy, I didn't want you to be mad that my shoe was off, so I threw it out the window. Made sense to a five-year-old, I guess. Uh, Well, it's funny. That's
2: awesome. It's funny what kids... I wonder how the dad fell.
0: (laughs) What's well, That sort that just of,
2: makes me chuckle.
0: It is that sort of reasoning that, uh, you know, we don't understand as parents, but, you know, it makes perfect sense for a kid. You know, and they don't want us to be mad, and so they do what they can, you know, in their little kid minds um, to try and prevent it. Obviously, they missed the mark a little bit on that one.
2: Just just, just a little bit. Like, how did the parent, like, not know, like, the window was down, or maybe it was already down, but that's pretty funny.
0: Well, you mentioned oh. they were in Arizona, so my guess is the windows were down, and kid just slipped it out there and thought, Dad won't be mad. He'll never notice. <laughs> All right, this next oh, one from Twitter. Told my six-year-old his shoes were on the wrong feet. After a very long pause, he said, but I don't have any other feet. Hey, I guess Smart. the hey, yeah, hey. parent didn't specify, stated. right?
2: Yep, he stated a fact. That it was a good fact.
0: All right, here's one uh, somebody posts. My husband and I are surprising our six-year-old by taking him to Disney for his birthday tomorrow. We've been in the car for four-plus hours, and he still thinks we are on our way to school. He keeps saying, looks like we're almost home, bless his heart. And then in an update, we arrived to Disney World. He thinks we took a wrong turn and is very concerned about who is going to feed our cat. (laughs) (laughs) I would be be thrilled to go to Disney World, but, uh, you know... The kid's worried about his cat
2: yeah that's awesome like that surprise sometimes it throws them off like they're like what's going on like and it's cool like they haven't grasped the fact they're at disney but just more concerned for little jimmy the cat
0: yeah yeah well and kids have a very loose concept of time you know i'll tell one of my boys you know we'll we'll do this in 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever it is and five minutes later has it been 30 minutes no unfortunately not but it has been an hour so uh, we are headed into our long break when we come back we have our very special guest stand-up comedian and voice of bullwinkle the moose basil the comedian folks don't go anywhere we'll see you in about seven minutes
1: Last it, Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness.
0: Folks, welcome back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 15th. Hopefully you guys had a nice pee break during the uh, news segment that we had, but we are into the second segment of the show, and as you can see, if you're watching, we are joined by a very special guest. I wanted to introduce our next guest, a man so Greek he sweats yogurt. He's Herb and Rosemary's son, and it wouldn't surprise me if he weren't the distant cousin of Alfalfa. He is stand-up comedian <laughs> and voice of Bullwinkle J. Moose. Folks, please help me welcome Basil the Comedian
3: hey thank you thank you thank you oh my goodness what what an array when you have you know uh, tens of people watching uh this show <laughs> truly really is an amazing feat. Now, Tony, Christian, what's going on, guys? It's good to be on the air with
0: y'all. I appreciate you, ha- you having us. Wow. I'm used to doing your show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you are joining us. Now, it is one of those yeah. things that, uh, you know, Basil is so verbose that I could just sit back and let you talk for the next half hour. But, uh, you know, we, we want to get into your career and where you've been and the things that you've done. And so really appreciate you joining us this morning.
3: Uh, Guys, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. And, you know, I look like hell. I got this little piece of hair sticking out. And it just... I'm looking at myself... And there is no way I could ever get a date with the boys in cell block C looking <laughs> this way. That's all I'm saying.
0: That's well, all to, I'm saying. To be fair, here in local time, it's 9 a.m. in the morning, so we could sort of understand, you know, just rolling out of bed. But uh, you are over on the East Coast and it's about noon yes. your time. So uh, what is it? It is
3: lunchtime. <laughs> it is lunchtime for me right now, to be quite honest with you, Christian, And you all should be very, very flattered that I would skip my bologna sandwich that my wife wa- you know, made with love this morning to be on this show. Um, <laughs> I have an appetite. I love bologna with a little bit of mayonnaise, a slice of cheese. And that's just kind of, that's the way I roll. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's great. Yeah, that's bologna talk here on the Christian Phoenix radio show. <laughs> Call in with your bologna stories right now. No. <laughs> so, Basil, wanted to talk about your comedy career. You're a stand-up comedian. You've been doing it for quite a while. What Sort of got you into it. What what pushed you into you know what? I'm I'm gonna give this comedy thing a try. That was a failure at law school. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> it real simple. When you
3: confuse legal torts for French pastry, this is not the business to be in. Okay, that's all I'm gonna tell you. They're going torts. Yeah, I love tort. You know, you have <laughs> nice with some coffee. It's delicious. <laughs> and they're going. They're like, no. I'm like, maybe I should get out of this. I really don't understand. Yeah. Uh, no, to be honest with you, man, um, you know, I guess I was I was the jock. Um, I was uh, God. I, you know, I keep saying I, I hate to say I was a blue chipper, but you know, I was pretty well. You know, a lot of people wanted me to play ball for him and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I was always kind of a cut up. Um, you know, I'll never forget one of the funniest lines I ever to this day. My coaches who still come and see me from high school. Um, I was I was a freshman. And I got bucked up to varsity. And I'll never forget that our coaches were trying to, and here I am, a ninth grader, and I'm trying to keep a straight face because this one coach was my history teacher. And he's going, Gentlemen, you cannot make chicken salad out of chicken crap. But he didn't say crap. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and he goes, And I'm like, Coach, <laughs> he goes, Yeah, Basil, you know, to qualify that statement, you got to do a series of trial and error shut the hell up because <laughs> you know, we were learning about qualifying something and my friends and it was just something that just came out of me you know and i was always the guy who was always fun but i was i was not like a, a wise ass if you will and you know to me it was always like uh, just a lot of fun just to goof off with everyone you know and and just joke around i had no idea i was going to be a you know a comedian you know when i was mm-hmm. younger it wasn't until uh, my mother got very ill and my cousin knew i needed to, i broke off an engagement And then from there, I wound up quitting law school. I worked at a law firm. I was taking care of my mom, who was, like I said, in the hospital for six months. That's, you know, it's a lot of time. And uh, my poor dad was, and I'm an only child. So my poor dad was just like, you know, uh, you do what you got to do. You know, my father with that Greek American accent. right? He was like, you you do what you got to do and do whatever you want, you know. And uh, I sat there and said, thanks, Pop. And. He was um, very supportive, and I wound up going to a comedy club. And the first comic I ever saw professionally was Dave Coulier. No kidding. And <laughs> no, first got, com- and he was horrific. He was terrible. The only thing he could do, he did a halfway decent voice of Bullwinkle Moose. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, well, that that kind of sucked, you know. And my cousin was like. You know, for a guy, who, but I was always kind of ballsy where I could sit there and just, you know, yeah, I could do better. And my cousin, I never, and I still have the first audio tape of me ever going on stage. And he recorded me. Uh, and I I was just like, I could do better because, you see, I couldn't speak English oh, no as kidding. a kid. I couldn't speak English until I was like five years old. So the great pacifier was the, what, the television set, right? So my mother would put me in front of the TV set. And, of course, Bullwinkle, uh, although at that time it was probably about maybe four or five years old now. You know, old is because these things were made from 1959 to early 1962, 61, right. something like that. Um, and I think they only had like 72 loops that they wound up doing. So, you know, I was like sitting there and I would just kind of try to do the voice. And I would sit there and I would do Bullwinkle in Greek. my mother and i would sit there and my mom go that's it all right we've got to teach him english this has got to be okay so that's the way i started doing bullwinkle even as a kid and i would always do all the different kind of characters and stuff like that and you know uh remember johnny quest the old cartoons of johnny quest i would do i would do haji and you know bandit and you know all the guys that you know that were on there and i would just start doing voice characterizations but i didn't think it was going to take me little did
0: i know right so i was like pretty happy with it you know? well let's I pays the bills now exactly speaking of paying the bills let's go ahead and put a pause on that we're going to head into a break and then when we come back we're going to be talking more about basil's stand-up career and becoming the voice of bullwinkle J. moose folks don't go anywhere we'll be back in a few
1: Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now, back to the show. And back to the show, we are indeed This is the Christian Phoenix Radio
0: Show. It is a Monday, June 15th. We're having a lot of fun with our special guest, Basil the Comedian, talking about his uh, rise to (laughs) stand-up comedy and uh, coming up uh, or becoming the voice of Bullwinkle J. Moose. Now, we were talking in the last hour, you know, you you did your first stand-up set, you had your friend record it. Uh, Was it the most terrifying thing you've ever done in your entire life?
3: I mean, it was no two ways. I was nervous, you know, and the only thing you really had were, you know jocular you know oh god i don't know how to say it but dick jokes right so that was, you know, there's no other way to put it and it was cheap jokes and stuff like that but people really liked it and i'm like okay and yeah of course I, it was an amateur night so i tried to get as many of my friends or, and i and i won and but That's it was right. really a lot better than the other amateurs that were up there and then i'm sitting this, and as as i was watching this i'm like you know there's a science to this um and I would just put one thing after another. And I knew I was good at voices, but I never really put into the voices. I was really more of a monologist um, that I went up there. I didn't have the energy that I go up with now. And I didn't have, I thought like, it, to me, um, you know, I wanted to be a monologist because I wrote funny. Mm-hmm. You know, if I write, I just write funny. And, you know, um, you, you, you look at some of the shows that are out there to me and you see some of the great comics that are on there. Some comics can act, uh, some can't. Uh, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld is probably one of the most brilliant cats you'll ever meet. I mean, he can take a, a legal pad and write, you know, five hours worth of material on a chair, and it's been noted that he's done that before. And for me, it, it would, you know, I would have to shoot heroin in my ass to make <laughs> sure that I can come up with enough material to go ahead and write <laughs> that. It was like, but, the, you know, the great thing was about it is, that I, I love, like I used to have a sock bit, okay? Because I always had a problem losing socks. I put the pair in the washing machine and I'm figuring, okay, I know they're in there and then I lose them. So what I try to do, because I know that there was a, the sock Satan that lived in my <laughs> washing machine. And and what I did was I actually safety pinned socks together and I put it in there thinking, ah, okay, now they'll stick together. When the wash was done, I opened up the washing machine to put the stuff in the dryer, and there was one sock with a safety pin attached to a note. The note said, nice try, see you later, love sock. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> what do you say to that? So I'm like, okay. and then about three years later you find it inside a pair of jeans that you never thought you were ever going to wear again and that was about
0: right it creeps out the uh, the bottom sleeve of your (laughs) jean (laughs) you never know you never know bro you never know so So, so now when it came to becoming bullwinkle was that something that you pursued did they find out about you and 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 come after you how did that whole thing work
3: As I was telling you guys off air, I I worked for a radio station in Cleveland, WMMS in Cleveland, and I was part of the morning show periodically. I wasn't a full-time member there. And I would write bits for a character called Mr. Leonard, who would be on there, and uh, whose name, his real name is John Rio, a really, very funny cat. And John was always like, hey, let me ask you a question. You want to write some more? You want to be part of the show? You want because you do all these voices? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So all of a sudden, I pulled out... You know bullwinkle and these guys were like whoa you know that's perfect and i go yeah yeah i, you know, I kind of like doing that you know and then i started doing james brown and then i started doing all these other characters i would do elvis and of course you know elvis whenever the lunch menu was all my invitation right now we got some uh, a fried panini better and jello sandwiches and it's going to be really good you know family. and it wasn't always the best but it, it was always something to do with food mm-hmm. you know and so to me it was like whatever it was asking me you know speaking of that man i'd like some fried nana sandwiches with something about our own maybe mm-hmm. i just want to eat that up <laughs> and to me it was just funny it was a terrible elvis thing there are guys who could do it much better than i was but it was funny and one thing led to another, and these were character bits that I would do. And then I started creating my own stuff. But the James Brown stuff is the one that really kind of put me over the top. Because doing the voice of James Brown uh, during the OJ trials right. was something, like, magical. Because I could pull that off. And this is a true story. I was doing it for the Malrite stations. And Communications had WMS and had the Eagle in Philadelphia. And they had... Um, Uh, The radio is WPLJ in New York, and so I was doing all these stations as James Brown. So one day they had uh, Dick uh, Dick Clark on the air in the morning. So the night before, I get a phone call from Scott um, uh, Scott. uh, Oh God, uh, uh, I forgot his name now. Just Scott Uh, Scott uh, Scott, the morning show guy, Scott Shannon. (laughs) Scott Shannon. Actually, you you think I you know forget right? So Scott Sheehan goes, hey, man, you want to do me a favor? I said, yeah, what? Can you call up like uh, James Brown tomorrow morning? Yeah, sure. Who's there? Uh, Dick Clark will be on there. Oh, my God, Dick Clark. Okay, sure. So I call up in the morning. I go, good morning, everybody. This is James Brown with another OJ trial up there. I heard Dick Clark in the morning. Dick, 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 you there? And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my God, James. And he really thought it was James <laughs> And Dick Clark tells him, hey, guys, can we go to a break real quick so I can talk to James? Oh, I haven't no. talked to him, and at that time, he was in prison, right? Right. So he goes, yeah, sure, we can go to break. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I tell this man? And so next thing you know, he goes, James, how are you, man? Are you okay? And I'm like, I become this little puppy. I'm like, um, Mr. Clark, I'm really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was, I- my name is Basil, and I was just doing the voice of James. Because so that was the most, per- oh, my God, I thought you were James. And he winds up taking my number down. About a week later, he calls my home. No kidding. And my wife, he calls my home because he wanted me to do something. And he has his agent, at Dick Clark Agency, which is a huge agency. Right. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he goes, uh, my wife was there. And evidently, I was pestering the hell out of my wife. And I was on the road. And I didn't have my office. And the only thing we had for caller IDs, remember the white white little boxes? It was a caller ID thing that they have. And that's all we had. So all of a sudden, my wife didn't look at it. And I was pestering the hell out of her. It goes, hi, this is Dick Clark. I'm looking for Basil. My wife, Dick Clark, my ass. Listen, didn't I tell you I am sick and tired of your BS? And this is, I am taking care of the kids. They're running all over the damn place. You're just driving me crazy. Damn it, Basil! Call me later. Click, and she slams the phone. Oh no! Four hours later, I call up, and she's like, "Hey, what's going on? You know what's going on, Dick Clark, my ass! I can't believe you were trying to throw that at me, <laughs> Dick Clark! I'm Dick Clark! I'm like, what? What are you? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she goes, "When you called up as Dick Clark? Oh my God! What did you do? <laughs> that wasn't you? <laughs> no, I did a thing with Dick Clark, and he wanted my phone number. <laughs> Mother of God!" So i called up the number that she read off that white box which mm-hmm. was the caller id thing that we had back then for technology back then and it was hysterical and my wife's looking at me goes I, I didn't know so my wife is credited for hanging up on dick clark you know <laughs> so and that's why and that's why my career is where it is uh doing the christian phoenix show <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> would that be a no, step so. up or a step down Oh, definitely a step up. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got about three minutes. So, uh, you know, as far as bullwinkle goes you know tony and i are huge cartoon voiceover fans we grew up kids sure. in the 80s and 90s and and you know just love the art of voiceover and so uh you know you go in and uh so did you read for bullwinkle no. how did that come about
1: uh
3: the guys the morning show uh, jeff and flash actually sent something to buena vista who owned the bullwinkle rights at that time and then um The uh, it it was it was done by a couple of producers and they said, hey, we're looking for someone to fix these because there was a lot of open gaps. A lot of people don't know that that cartoon was actually made in Mexico City. And also in Australia to avoid the union costs. So the audio that was laid down was really bad. So after years of misuse of these cartoons, because it was a Cold War cartoon, Mm -hmm. you hear, hey, rock. You know, And it was like, can you fix that? Uh, what did he say? You know, so <laughs> all of a sudden they would give me a sign and I would read it and thank God that the lip movement was really archaic. So full like, hey, bro. it would really, you know, so it was real simple. We're Japanese anime today. That's another story where you have to be so right on or you're going to wind up with a bad Godzilla-like movie where the lip movement doesn't match the verbiage that comes out, right? So it was easy to do it. So I would pick little bits and pieces I would see the tone and the cadence the way, you know, Bill did it, Bill Scott did it. And, man, I would just start listening. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. And it worked out perfectly. So whatever parts and gaps that were available, I would lent my voice to it because I did a technical, perfect, whatever, matching winkle for that.
0: Well, that's awesome. Now, we've got about a minute and a half left. Um, As far as projects upcoming, do you have any voiceover work that you're doing? Uh, I know you're working on booking some stand-up comedy shows. Uh, What's in the future for Basil?
3: Oh, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, a lot of people have been asking me right now. We have this one show that we've been working very, very hard with. I'm working with a company called Equinox Films, and um, I'm very excited about that. We have a TV show called Basil. And it's about my a little bit of my Greek show, my Greek comedy show, my general audience show. So we're busy with that. Um, I'm actually doing a lot of stuff, actually coordinating new shows and creating new shows for television as well. So there's a lot of stuff on the horizon that we're doing right now. And then I do still do a lot of Japanese anime when they ask me to create something for them okay. as far as a character incidental, you know
0: very neat well folks if you want to learn more about basil head over to basillive.com you can stay up to date on everything that's happening with them and obviously any tour dates that are coming out or you can head over to Facebook at basil fans and uh, anything else that you want to uh, just sort of leave out there for our audience before uh, yeah we'll let well, you listen go.
3: we have a wonderful show that we do it's my basil radio show slash podcast called a pinch of basil with my wonderful host Janice hermson and you guys can always catch us every Tuesday from 6 to ten 7 p.m uh that's uh eastern standard time and we're heard all around the world thank goodness that we have wonderful shows like greek beat radio that winds up uh, putting out the signal through australia south africa throughout europe and here in north america and it's uh it's it's a real pleasure to be on the show and anytime i can be on the christian phoenix show without mentioning tony's name i'm all about it (laughs) yeah Basil. Will- I
2: appreciate that. The shadow is nice enough. I thank you very much.
0: <laughs> we will definitely have you back, Basil. I will see you tomorrow when we uh, produce your show, A Pinch of Basil, here on America Matters Media, 3 to 5 West Coast time. And um yeah, absolutely. Basil, have a great day. Thank you
3: very Thanks much. Thanks so yet. much
2: for having me on the show, guys. Please, Thanks All for right. being on,
3: man. It was nice to meet you. Night-
1: Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. And welcome back. This is the Christian Phoenix radio show. It is a
0: Monday, June 15th. Now we have set up a 24 hour a day, seven day a week voicemail line called the Phoenix line. If you guys want to comment on any of the segments that we have, any of our call in topics, you want to leave a comment for Basil, our, our wonderful special guest that we just had, had a wonderful conversation with him please feel free to do so that number is 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x r-d-o or if you're not a big fan of the alphanumeric characters that's 855-336-4973 like i said on any topic you can just check in tell us how you're doing keep it entertaining we'll compile those up and put them out in a future show now uh, Tony and I are long long friends we met in high school and uh, this year actually celebrates our 20th high school anniversary and uh, unfortunately due to the events of coronavirus uh, the reunion had to be canceled but uh, you know it's one of those things where you know we we keep up with other people via social media. It's not like high school reunions used to be where you'd show up and try and find out uh, what everybody's doing. But it is still a little sad that, uh, you know, our high school reunion, as far as this year goes, has been canceled. And so we wanted to just sort of look back and talk about, you know, some of the things that we've learned over the years and how it relates to high school. So, uh, Tony, as far as the high school reunion goes, I know you went to the 10th school reunion. Uh do you remember any of that?
2: Yeah, Anthony was a part of that. I wasn't so much. Uh, (laughs) for those out there, when I used to get like kind of too much to drink and he got a little crazy, we call that alter ego the amazing Anthony. And he's fun. He does a lot of stupid stuff that I have to hear about the next day. So uh but no the my standout uh which I could tell the audience you've heard you've heard this story like 2,572 times. So you're going to hear it for the 573rd time. But uh, it, there was a table. Um, I was uh, married at the time. And uh, she came with me. She was a class prior. And there's just a couple of girls around the table. And and we were catching up. It's just like, hey, great to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I said, you know what's funny? And mind you, I'm a couple cocktails into this part A. And I said, you know what's funny about what I have in common with every one of you girls here at this table? And they're like, what? I'm like, I've made out with every single one of you. I thought it was funny. The wife was pissed, and the girls felt a little awkward But (laughs) in the time. So I do remember that, and I remember bits and pieces of it. And I think ultimately I just remembered, like, in high school, everybody had cliques and groups, and I felt like at the reunion – Like none of that crap mattered. Like, it just everybody was just like, hey, it's great to see you. So,
0: yeah, and 10 years is one of those things where it's not quite long enough past high school that people have really figured out what they're doing in life. And, and, you know, some people uh, still party every day while others are, you know, more responsible adults. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the 20 year maybe changed a little bit. People are a little more grown up. And, um, but, you know, we had a Pretty big graduating class, but it was funny going back to the ten year reunion and running into people that you knew, and then they look at you and they're like, "Who are you again?" It's like, oh.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> you had that. You had that with uh, one of the our classmates, and you guys used to hang out like you. Yep. You've driven in each other's cars and stuff, and he like had no idea who you were.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, you know, yeah. in high school I was tall and skinny, and you know, of course, you know, my metabolism at that point was you know, off the charts, I could eat, you know, two whole pizzas and and not even worry about it. Whereas now I'm, you know, a little bit bigger guy. I've got a lot more facial hair. So I could see where the confusion comes in. But at the same time, it was a little disheartening.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's a thing, I don't, you know, I don't think like you've plumped up since high school, you know, it's just you went from like a kid to a man with a golden voice. And like, <laughs> you're, I, I would say like your confidence and maturity is well you were always i felt really mature in high school but i mean the confidence level is great the fact that you're leaving this show putting yourself out there like there's no fear for that and i think that's awesome
0: yeah no it's definitely a lot of fun um and vastly different from you know high school where everything you know we were all nervous nervous about what we did and how we looked to other people and you know even the dating game in high school if we knew now what Uh, or knew then what we know now uh, it would have looked a lot different you know we we both would not have been so nervous and talking to girls and and you know those sorts of things because there's no need to be
2: no just be yourself and i I had this conversation with you and others this weekend and you know it's exactly it's you know who you are you're in a better spot like if i cared like i'm on air for everybody to watch i'm wearing a bucky's t-shirt come on (laughs) i don't give a crap it's <laughs> it's bucky the beaver man but uh yeah you do care you just wanted to always be try to be perfect when you know as you get older you realize nobody's perfect everybody's got their faults their insecurities their issues and you know you just you, you learn a lot over life that's for sure
0: well it's interesting to see where people end up because you know we both graduated from carson high school which is just down south from the studio here and uh for Seventeen years, uh, you know. I transferred down to a, a college down in Southern California. Was there for seventeen years. Moved to Colorado after that. Was there for about a year. Then moved back here. And it's crazy that you know either people haven't left or they have left, and you run into them in the weirdest places. You know, Tony was just telling a story the other day of you know he lives in Colorado, and there was one day that he ran into a bunch of people that we graduated with
2: yeah just being at costco it was uh you know you were you were the start of that day um because at the time you worked for the mercedes dealership in westminster you dropped off a car as we have an auto buying program so if you're a costco member check that out Auto buying <laughs> program, shameless plug there um and after you dropped that off as weird as this was your ex-girlfriend from high school happened to be shopping at this at the thornton location and that was just really weird to me i was like what are the odds of that? And then, um, unfortunately, I brought my ex-wife, most now ex-wife, spoiler alert, into Costco. <laughs> we didn't work out for reasons for another time. And she got transferred to my store. So I had to work with my ex-wife, which was awkward already. So she's a Carson High alumni. She's there. And then our friends uh, Vicki and Jeremy are shopping that day. So, yeah, it was really weird. All these Carson High class of 2000, and 2001 all in the same building in Colorado. It was really weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, 1,500 miles away from where we all knew each other before.
2: Yeah. It's just weird how when they say the world is a small world, it it really is sometimes. You run into people. Um, When we were at Disney World last year, I ran into a guy that I worked with at at my Costco here in Fort Collins. I was walking around the pier at uh, uh, the boardwalk down there, one of the resorts, and – He's sitting there taking pictures with his friends, kind of just random in Florida. Random to him. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now I have to ask if, uh, you know, future Tony could go back and talk to high school Tony. Uh, what sort of advice would he give him?
2: I would go back and say, be confident in yourself, you know, uh, pursue your dreams. And uh, it's going to sound like really cheesy. Um, and don't worry about the small stuff, you know, like, do I? I don't regret anything I did. Like I would still have ended up with the girl I was with. But I think it. I think in high school, I wish I would have played more sports, worked less, focused more on academics, enjoyed my friends more, and not worry about trying to be an adult so much because that whole adult thing comes and right. and don't worry about meeting that one special person in high school because it's rare. Yeah. When you look at it, I was with mine for thirteen years. And we had to grow up together and we're, we obviously became two different people and it was a lot of heartache, but it was like good lessons. But if I could, you know, if you could go back and just say, and I tell my nephews this, like I give them the advice I would have given myself. Don't work, you know, focus on your academics, play sports and do what makes you happy and, and just enjoy it because uh, it really goes by fast. It, it, I can't believe 20 years I, to me, I've just scratched my head. I'm like, holy crap. The uh, click remote is on, st- stuck on fast forward. It won't stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's come so fast. And, you know, the the good thing is in the era that we grew up, there was no Facebook. There were no camera phones. You know, we didn't have to worry about, um, you know, everything we did being recorded as kids these days have to do because we did some pretty stupid stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. We had There's good memories and good maybe future topic stories for the show, but. Holy cow. Yeah, I'm glad none of that existed. And I actually, I don't want to sound like an old fart on the show, but I'm really glad we grew up in an era with without all that. Like, I appreciate it. It's great technology. We're able to do shows like this uh, via Zoom and uh, be in Colorado, you in Nevada. Uh, but I really like the uh, being in the moment. And, and that's not my challenge myself uh, more and more every day is less of the technology, be more in the moment, you know, because... Mm-hmm. It's just, it's better to be in the moment to look back and be like, that was fun. It's like, but was it fun? Because you <laughs> weren't really in the moment, so.
0: Fair enough. Well... So, you know, as I close out this segment, you know, it's been 20 years. Obviously, it would be nice if there was a physical get together, but maybe there'll be some sort of virtual thing that uh, somebody will put together. But uh, it was a nice little look back at, uh, you know, the things that we did 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, just thinking about the next 20 years is is crazy. But, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are headed into our final segment. This Day in History, we'll see you in a few.
1: Unable to listen to the whole show. A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. And we are back folks. This is the Christian Phoenix radio show. It is a
0: Monday, June 15th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show, you want to go back and listen to, uh, you know, we had a great conversation with Basil, the comedian earlier. We had our weekly put it in your mouth Monday. Uh, that's always a good time. Uh, you can do so. You can head over by, uh, uh, not by to, AmericanMatters.us. Click on the shows and podcast link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and get just about everything you need there. Or head over to your favorite podcast platform. That's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart. So many more. While you're there, be sure dozer, to Dozer,
2: Dozer. Yeah, yeah, all of those. Five, five more others. <laughs>
0: Uh, be sure to subscribe. Get the latest uh, episode in your notifications as soon as they're released. Leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you think. And as always, Tony, as I say,
2: sharing is caring.
0: Absolutely. Not caring. <laughs> All right, we are into the final segment of the show as we do each and every day. While it is the saddest portion of the show, because. It's about to end. We have some fun. We drop some knowledge. And even though Ryan is not here to join in, we do have This Day in History.
2: the, the
1: globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History, with your
0: correspondent,
1: Ryan Week.
0: And uh, while Ryan's not here, we're going to go ahead and take you through uh, some notable moments on This Day in History. Uh, starting out with the year 1215. King John signs the Magna Carta at Runnymede near Windsor, England. And for those of you who don't know, the Magna Carta was a document that basically set the foundation for our Declaration of Independence. So without the Magna Carta, there would be no United States, at least as we know it today.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, 1215, like it's so well documented, right? In 1215, this happened.
0: Well, and that's the thing, you know, almost... 2,000 years ago, obviously, a little less than that. Um, nope, I'm sorry. 1,000 years ago? My, my math brain is not working today. 12, 19... Uh, it
2: doesn't have to be. It is a Monday. Yeah,
0: a little less than 1,000 years ago. I'm, no. I'm just thinking into the future. But, uh, the
2: Magna Carta.
0: Speaking of the U.S., this day in 1775, George Washington appointed Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army the day after Congress establishes the force. Uh, 1775, obviously, uh, he wasn't president yet. That would be two years later, but uh, that set the foundation for him becoming the first U.S. president.
2: And you know what? He was the best president at that time. (laughs) <laughs> He's the only
0: one. <laughs> well, and uh, actually, I, I won't get into it. You know, we, we try not to talk politics here, yeah. so we'll, we'll stay away.
2: We'll make- We'll make a joke. It's like that one girl I dated, I was her first boyfriend, Pen. I was the best boyfriend, the best kisser. So kudos to the first president. He was the best.
0: Set the bar high. We'll put it that yes. way.
2: Set it high.
0: All right. This day in 1842, John C. Fremont sets off from Kansas River on his first expedition of the Oregon Trail with Frontierman Kit Carson as his guide. Uh, obviously, Kit Carson is the reason that Carson City is named... Uh, the way it was, and with it being the Oregon Trail, I'm sure half his family died of dysentery and that they spent a lot of time uh, hunting and collecting meat as the Oregon Trail video games so accur- accurately represented.
2: Absolutely, and his elementary school was the first school to go year-round in Carson City. Seriously? Yeah, John C. Fremont. That Fremont Elementary was the very first one. I don't know if it still is, but it was the only of the elementary schools That was year round. The rest of us got summer breaks, but if you went to Fremont, you were screwed. It was year
0: round. Well, two years later from that event in 1844, Charles Goodyear patents the vulcanization of rubber. And obviously, if you recognize the last name, Goodyear is the namesake of Goodyear tires. Obviously, without rubberized uh, vulcanization, you know, we'd be still running around on uh, wooden wheels and uh Boy, that would be a whole set of uh, things to be dealing with this day and age.
2: Yeah, but dab-a-doo. <laughs> thats what we'd be doing. Yeah, Goodyear makes a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, just tires. They—they they make uh, windshield wipers, blimps, a lot of. Yeah. Oh, the blimps. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Mister Goodyear, and- no blimp.
2: Yes. What a Goodyear. Yep. For Mr. Goodyear.
0: Here's one for uh, Tony and us being movie fans. Tony and I, 1878, movie. world's first moving pictures caught on camera. Used 12 cameras, each taking one picture, done to see if all four of a horse's hooves leave the ground. And so, if you've ever seen that sort of spinning thing of a of a galloping horse, that was the first moving pictures, which obviously obviously led to uh, you know movies and. TV and cinema and everything we know and love today as far as entertainment
2: goes. Wow, that's crazy. What a gallop of a time. Uh, that's a bad pun. That's crickets. <laughs> crickets. We, we don't I, have... I figure this is where Ryan shines all the time. He's got the pre-puns and stuff. and He does. I'm not a real, I'm not as good with the puns. So.
0: <laughs> Speaking of cars, in 1924, Ford Mo- uh, Motor Company manufactures its 10- millionth automobile and at the time one of the only cars you could get it was a ford model t started production in 1910 so in just 14 short years they had produced 10 million automobiles
2: Wow, that's neat.
0: Yep, and uh, you know famous to uh, Henry Ford uh, Every car came in black because according to Henry Ford you can have it in any color you want as long as it's black they probably saved a bunch <laughs> on uh, production costs with uh, nothing but black paint.
2: Exactly. I like it. Any color you want, as long as it's black. It nineteen,
0: ni- 19- It does. In 1928, Ty Cobb, who was 41 at the time, steals home for his 50th and final time. And he was truly a baseball legend. And uh, wasn't it... Um, who portrayed him in the movies? It was... Um,
2: it was...
0: Agent K, I, why am I blanking on his name? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Great movie, if you guys ever get a chance, uh, just titled Cobb.
2: Cobb. Not the I don't. Re- yeah, no. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie.
0: It was a good one. There's a lot of good uh, sports movies, baseball movies out there. Well worth checking out. We may even do a topic on the best sports movies.
2: Ooh, I like that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of sports, in nineteen fifty one, Joe Lewis scored his last knockout victory. Obviously, Joe Lewis, uh famous for uh, you know, a world champion, heavyweight uh boxer, and uh did a lot to break the color barrier uh in boxing and uh you know often regarded as one of the greatest of all time.
2: Yeah boxing unfortunately is one of those sports you just don't see a lot of it anymore which is too bad i know ufc's kind of replaced that but uh no boxing was such a huge thing uh for a long time and it's great that he was the uh the pioneer that kind of got that rolling
0: yeah and it's still a um you know referred to as the sweet science
2: yeah i mean i personally wouldn't want to be a boxer you know all the hits and everything but you know, there's some dang good fights, and they put out, obviously, a lot of good movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. Moving on from sports history over to music history, one of my least favorite recording artists, but probably regarded as one of the greatest of all time. In 1965, Bob Dylan records the single Like a Rolling Stone, which hit number one in Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Uh, Great songwriter, terrible singer in my opinion. Everything sounds like this.
2: Like a Rolling Stone. Is that where they got the uh, magazine title or was it from the band, the Rolling Stones?
0: That is a good question because um, obviously Rolling Stone magazine lists as the number one. They might be a little partial to it because it references their name. But uh, I don't know. It's sort of that chicken or egg type thing.
2: Yeah, crazy.
0: So, but folks, if you're listening and you do know the answer, feel free to chime in on our Facebook page, or you can call the Phoenix line and let us know. Yes. All right. Uh, speaking of, not speaking of, but just an unusual uh, kid TV um, broadcast. In 1969, Hee Haw with Roy Clark and Buck Owens premiered on CBS TV. Uh, did you ever see any Hee Haw No.
2: No, I know of Hee Haw, but I never saw it. Sorry, I grew up in the Kids Incorporated era.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were lucky enough that we had a lot of uh, reruns. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen I Love Lucy and Gilligan's Island and uh, F Troop. And, you know, we grew up in that era. That, uh, But Hee Haw was never one that uh, popped up all that much.
2: Yeah. No, I think of the oldest shows like that. It was like Lamb Chop and... Uh, hr puff and stuff i yeah. remember all that kind of stuff but yet yeah, not hee-haw
0: <laughs> all right uh in more music history 1974 back home again the eighth studio album by john denver is released uh and obviously we all know that john denver is full of s according to Yeah, i was, I was just
2: gonna say that john denver's full of man <laughs>
0: And then uh, in 1990, this day, Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty and Madonna premiered one of the early comic book movies that uh, people don't quite remember as a comic book movie.
2: Yeah, I felt like they did a good job with it. I didn't really recall the comic book per se, but I knew that it was a comic. Uh, But I remember uh, our buddy uh, Rick Charles was big on Dick Tracy, and he had like the t-shirts, the hats. He was in love with Madonna, so... That, made, that made it more.
0: They had the first
2: Yes, they did. Great. Great movie from what I remember. It's not something <laughs> I've seen recently.
0: So. Well, Tony, we're heading into the last 40 seconds of the show. Uh, hit us with uh, one holiday that it is today that uh, maybe is more ridiculous than the others.
2: Okay. I'm going to give you two because we got 40 seconds. But the big one, it's Go Fly a Kite Day. It takes place because it's the anniversary date in 1752 when Benjamin Franklin flew a kite. All right. And I will leave you with National Kiss a Wookiee Day. So <laughs> find a Wookiee. Right.
0: Get out there, everybody. Kiss a Wookiee. And join us tomorrow for another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio
1: Show. Have a great day.